0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of the None of Your Business podcast. And today, we have a very special treat for you as we're going to be sharing with you an interview that we did recently with Chris Ducker. You know him from Upreneur, his online digital marketing, sales, et cetera business, helping you to become a upreneur and also his in-person upreneur Summit. Encourage you to check those out. But today, I want to talk to you about the virtualization of many of your tasks. And I know that's something that so many of us struggle with. We sat down with Chris and we talked about the ins and outs. What can you virtualize? How to find a good virtual assistant? Um, how The best practices. How to best implement all of these strategies. I'm sure that you're going to find this next several minutes together extremely valuable. And I hope that you'll take notes. And I hope that you too will begin to become more efficient and effective with your time through these strategies that Chris is about to share with us. Today we have with us a super special guest. Last night we were with um, Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb, who our guest knows. And then later on today at 7 Eastern at J o'clock, we're going to be with (laughs) Jay Abraham. And sandwiched in between those two, we have an incredible opportunity to bring you a very good and new friend that we actually just met last year, right? Last year. Mm -hmm him and his uh, lovely wife, Erz. Um, Chris Ducker is responsible for this Youpreneur movement and not just in Europe, but all around the world. And also is the author of two books, The first book, which a lot of you actually, when we mentioned that Chris was coming in, a lot of you know him for his book, Virtual Freedom. We're going to talk a lot about that today. But also he has his second book, The Rise of the Youpreneur. Probably, wow, like right now in these times, probably more than ever, The Rise of the Youpreneur.
1: Happening now. I love it. So let's
0: bring on our super special guest, Chris Ducker. Welcome to Black Diamond Club.
2: Hey, how are you guys? Good to see you. Doing
0: fantastic. You know, you've been um lurking around, too, a little bit in uh, Black Diamond lurking. Club. Uh,
2: with, with I, I, like, I like to be called a lurker. I be <laughs> lurk. there, but uh, we
1: like when people lurk because you get to know the group. So. Hey,
2: look, if I can lurk and kind of warm up for Jay Abraham, I think this is, I'm a good player. This is a good place to be in right now.
1: Yeah, a uh, you're be. like <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> opening speaker for Jay Abraham. It's great. <laughs>
0: um, I want to start off with an, uh, an odd thing. I've asked everybody if they'll take a picture. Let's get some social proof going because here's what I know um, I follow you on a lot of your social media channels, and when you do events, People are always posting and then you repost on your story, especially on Instagram. So for our Black Diamond Club members, and I'll mention this because it might take people a, a hot second to jump on. I'll, I'll remind them, uh, but take a picture um, of your screen and tag Chris, not, not so concerned about Lacey and I. I want you to tag <laughs> Chris Ducker and um, I want you to put it on your Facebook profile, your page, um, Dennis, you, that stuff, do whatever you got to do. But also on Instagram, Chris is big. Big, big, big on Instagram. So post this up, um, show Chris some love there. Uh, What's the um, Instagram handle?
2: Just at Chris Ducker. Easy enough.
0: And for those of you in the United States, D-U-C-K-E-R, not Ducker. All right. So you know a little something about virtual services. And I've been saying that this is a time, uh, we're calling this, um, um, the day of reckoning is coming. Uh, reevaluation day as people reevaluate everything that they once thought to be true and the way they've done business, the way they've transacted business and one thing that I'm saying is that I think that this is a great time to make some shifts with your personnel and to rethink how you're structured and potentially become more efficient and also save some money so why don't you start us off with this idea because I think a lot of people would be scared of this idea of, well, I don't know about virtualizing anything. I like to have a human a person, person right in front of right me. Here. Yeah, that's
1: often what they say. So they can have more control, right?
2: Ah, Now that that's the key word right there. I'm so Ooh. glad that you dropped that in. Oh, Because here we go. Okay, wind me up and let me go, baby, because I'm about to <laughs> you go right <laughs> here. So, control, and more importantly for us, A-type entrepreneurs, right? I mean, we are incredibly type A individuals. We believe that we can do everything ourselves. We believe a lot of the time that we have to do everything ourselves, and that nobody else out there can do it better than us. Um, And in 2014, I wrote my first book, Virtual Freedom, and I coined the term superhero syndrome in the intro to that book. And that's what that is. Some people might call it micromanaging. Some people might call it being a control freak. I just call it suffering from that horrific entrepreneurial infliction of, without a doubt, superhero syndrome. And so the big thing here is to understand that you don't have to do it all yourself, that there are people out there that can actually do it better than you, contrary to what your mind tells you on a daily basis. Um, But more importantly, actually, you are doing yourself, your employees, your partners, your staff, your customers, and anyone else that you come into contact with from a business ownership perspective, a massive disjustice by trying to do it all yourself, by trying to keep all the control on your side. And here's the big kick in the pants. And this is where every business owner's ears will prick up. You're also doing it at your own financial peril. As well, and I've seen it over and over and over again, so yeah, you know there's there's a lot of issues that people go through when it comes to kind of you know uh, uh, I guess being able to relinquish or, or at least loosen up the reins a little bit, but once you start doing it, amazing things happen.
0: We're here. We're here. <laughs> we're so, so we're
2: over. Uh, you were like, "What's going I thought on?" You left me already. I was, I, I was beginning to get very upset. Then,
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I, that's really interesting because I do think that the normal entrepreneur they absolutely think that nobody is going to be able to do the tasks as well as they can do it. But the problem is, you you hit it on the head. Is they handcuff themselves because they're doing tasks that don't make them a lot of money and they could pay somebody very little money to do that for them. So it's like, how do you get over that mindset of understanding what you what you should be holding on to and what you should be letting go of? Do you have any tips on that?
2: Totally, and I've, I've, I've got an exercise I can give everybody actually right out of the gate. Um, and for Perfect. those who are live, if you wanna do this and then kind of ask questions, I'm happy to you know answer them. But if you're not live and you're watching the replay, that's all That's all good. I still like you, not as much as the people that actually turn up live, but I still like you anyway. Um, you need to get a piece of paper, and you need to get a pen, and we're going to create our three lists to freedom. Now, before we go through this exercise, I want to kind of set it up a little bit in terms of why this came about in my own life as well. So in 2009, I hit burnout. It was the end of the year. We'd been building our business for about two and a half years at that point. Uh, we had just had our first seven-figure uh, year. Everything looked great. We were at about 150, 160 or so employees and uh, was feeling on top of the world on the outside. On the uh, on the inside, it was a whole different ballgame. So one morning I woke up and I literally, I, I couldn't actually get out of bed. My wife called the doctor. We have a company doctor at the time, came to my house, looked at me, said, we got to get him in to the car and get him to the, to the hospital. He he needs to go on fluids. So I go in, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I have acute exhaustion, acute dehydration, um, and early onset depression. So I was in the hospital for about a week, week and a half or so, kind of just recovering from a whole bunch of stuff. And unbeknownst to me at the same time, because I'd been sitting in a chair for 15 hours a day six days a week for, at that point, probably almost two and a half, three years, I had also been crushing a bulging disc in my L5S1 region, which many of your people will get and understand completely. Um, And that actually ended up with me having an L5S1 Fusion uh, in 2012. But getting back to end of 2009, burnt out. Went away for a little retreat with the wife, and we started kind of. You know, like when you're at a resort, you have the little pad near the, you know, the 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 telephone in the hotel room, and I'm writing down bits and pieces there. We're at the bar, we're getting the bar napkin, writing down bits and pieces there. By the time we checked out, we went back home, I had about forty or fifty bits of paper with all the different stuff that we I was dealing with on a daily basis that I either wasn't enjoying or didn't feel like I should be doing it, right? Or that I was doing, but, you know, kind of, I wasn't doing it very well and all these other things. And that's where the three list of freedom was born. This is a real thing. It happened to me bef- first, before I put it into the book, before I did it in front of tens of thousands of people around the world on stage. So what you do is you get that piece of paper, you draw two lines down it and you have, um, basically three columns that you create. And out of those three columns, what happens is we're going to create those three lists. So on the first column, you write down all the stuff that you feel that you just absolutely hate doing. Like these are the kind of tasks that you procrastinate all day on, um, that you sincerely just put off. You know, if you're using a digital camera, drag, drop, drag, drop, drag, drop. Anybody know that? Like I do it all the time still, but drag, drop, drag, drop, Right. And at that point, you move on to the second column, okay? Second column is all, is all the stuff that you're doing. You don't necessarily hate doing it, but you're doing it anyway because you believe that you should be doing it and that there's maybe no one else out there that can do it as well as you, right? Or you're struggling with these tasks in some way, shape, or form. So that's the second list. And then the third list is by far the single most important one out of all of them particularly for business owners and by the way you can do this with staff you can do this with management you know but for you personally the third list is by far the most important one and that is a list of all the things that you feel as the business owner that you are that you should not be doing your time should be better spent doing something else right? So spending more time at 20, 20, you know, top 20% clientele or going to business conferences to drum up new business or developing new products or services, launching new opportunities, masterminds, events, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the third list, right? So list number one is a list of all the stuff you hate doing, but you procrastinate, but you got to do it because the business demands it from you. List number two, a list of all the things that you're doing, but just struggling with it in some way, shape, or form. And then the last list is a list of all the things that you feel you should not be doing. Now, when you're done with those three lists, you ultimately will have the blueprint that you need to be able to start delegating tasks to virtual employees. Plain and simple.
0: So we we separate these out I still would have a fear even on drag and drop right (laughs) because then here's what we think is all right so I hear what you're saying Chris and I'm going to offload this to somebody um, that I don't know what if what if it gets screwed up or they don't drag and drop right Um, how do I overcome that because I here's what I think I think that a lot of people actually know, like the first column list, like like quick, right? Like there's no challenge in making the list. The challenge is handing the list to someone else. Yep. How do I overcome that?
2: Well, here's the thing. The only way to overcome it is to actually do it plain simple there's there's no magic pill that you can pop here and the pain's going to go away like advil doesn't exist in this world it, it just doesn't exist so the fact of the matter is you must start delegating in order to build up more confidence in doing that as an activity but you don't do it at your peril at your mental pa- peril at your bandwidth peril and everything that comes along with it so the way that you do it is you start doing it slowly but surely. Right. Like you're not going to say, hey, here's my password to my PayPal account. Go manage my finances." <laughs> no, obviously not. Right. You know, the one thing that almost all entrepreneurs, it's the last thing that they give access to. Yet it's the one thing that plagues them day to day more than anything else. Yeah. There you go. Well done. You get a virtual clap all the way from Cambridge, England. Seriously, it's email. It's crazy how much time we spend in our inboxes, yet it's the last thing among everything else. It's the absolute last thing that anyone will give access to. i got a couple of tips that we can we can kind of try on that side of things as well. But ultimately, you start slowly and you build things up over time. So yeah. what you can do if, if, if this is something that you're seriously considering doing, right? Whether it's to buy more time in your own day so you can spend more time with customers or spend more time on marketing or, and less time on admin stuff or updating your website or uploading videos to YouTube and updating and managing social media and all the stuff that we need to do nowadays, all that stuff is delegatable. All that stuff should be done by somebody else. It is way below your pay grade. And I don't mean that in a detrimental way towards anybody else in your organization. But the fact is, if you're the business owner, you should not be updating bloody Facebook. You just should not be doing it. Your time is much more valuable than that, way more valuable. So you start slowly but surely. But the single biggest mistake that people make when hiring remote employees is that. They hire one person to do five people's jobs. That's the biggest mistake. So I, I don't know. If I, if I had a $1,000 for every time I got an email from somebody that said, hey, Chris, I'm thinking about hiring a VA for the first time, what I want them to do is manage my calendar and manage my inbox and manage all my social media and edit my videos and upload them to YouTube. And then they want to edit." and repurpose all of my podcast content as well. Oh, don't forget that they need to obviously record videos for me and walk through my, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like five different jobs, and they expect one person to do it all for them. The analogy I use, if you're building a house from scratch, you don't expect your general contractor to build every single bit of that house. No, you work with him specifically, and then... He will then bring in the plumber. He'll bring in the electrician. He'll bring in the plasterer. He'll bring in the roofer, et cetera, et cetera. Like I wouldn't let my electrician anywhere near the plumbing in my house. And therefore, I'm not gonna let a video editor try and design, you know, my my company's logo, for example. Like get graphic design, video editor, two totally different roles. Does that make sense for you guys? To hire for the role, not for the task.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and I always say I loved your idea of just jumping in because to my knowledge, I'm sure this probably exists somewhere, but there's no books on how to swim. Like how you learn to swim is you you don't read a book first and say, okay, I read the book. Now I'm going to go in the water and I know how to do it. You just have to get in the water. That's how you figure out if you know how to swim. You talked about the perils and you've, you mentioned early on the financial perils. And I think that's a huge motivator. Can you talk about why or how, if I found a way to delegate some activity and not doing, if I didn't find a way, how that represents a financial peril to me and my
2: business? Totally, without a doubt. So what's the number one biggest, most important commodity for every business owner? It's time. Plain and simple. We all have exactly the same amount of time in each day. It's finite. It's not variable in any way, shape, or form. Now, some of us will work more than others, but for those of us who just say, look, you know what? I want to work X amount of hours every single week. This is my time. We need to make sure that we're maximizing that time as much as possible. Now, it goes back to list number three, the stuff you should not be doing. So it's like a negative positive almost, right? Like I don't see that Facebook, for example, is a great use of my time when it comes to planning the content on my Facebook page, publishing that content on the Facebook page, setting up the initial bits and pieces of engagement on that Facebook page. That is not the best use of my time. What I should be doing is getting paid thousands of dollars to coach our clients, or to speak on stage, or to consult with a small business. like That's what I should be doing. So do what you do best and delegate the rest, right? So for every task that you're doing, that you could quite easily delegate it to somebody, you could do it just as well, if not even better than yourself. For every time that you do that task, you're robbing yourself fundamentally of that valuable commodity of your time and therefore time that could be spent doing more high level activities like you know producing that brand new online course or producing that book that's going to you know be given away 10,000 times a year to create x amount of leads to bring x amount of new business and so on and so on like the list is literally endless what a business owner could be doing with their time. And that's why I say you buy more time. People always say, oh, I wish I had more time. Oh, there's not enough time in the day. It's called delegation. You just pay for it and you get the extra time. What you do with it is totally down to you.
1: Yeah, Chris, I love that because I think that that is one of the best things that you could do for your business is be able to delegate to free up the time for you to do things that actually get you in front of more people and make more money. But here's a, here's a hang up that people always say to me when I tell them, you know, I think you need to hire, you're in that place where you need to start to move forward and get somebody else to do some of this work for you. They always say to me, well, I'm not ready because I don't have anything written out or I don't have it, you know, um, systematized so that somebody could come in and learn how to do it. I would imagine that hiring the right virtual assistant could actually help you create structure and systems around these things. So do you have any advice on getting people to do it before they feel they're ready?
2: Totally. Absolutely. So look, the the one thing that I always do, and we're going back a good few years now, which is why I have no hair left, but we're going back, <laughs> we're going back a good few years now. Um, but you know, when I first started hiring VAs in you know late 2009, early 2010, um, what I would do is because I'm I'm a visual person, right? I'm not the best typer in the world, um, and and so I delegate all my blog posts. I, or rather, delegate rather dictate all of my blog posts. I dictated fundamentally both of my books, pretty much page for page, um, and so I'm more of a talker more of a more of a talker than a typer. And I'm definitely a very visual learner. I don't know about you guys and the people in the community, but if I want to learn how to do like I I wanted to learn how to clean my espresso machine a couple of months ago. It was brand new. We'd had it in 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 the kitchen for a couple of months and that little light comes on that says you need to spend some money on Amazon for the little tablet that goes in the thing. And I'm like, well where's the thing? I don't know where the thing is. So instead of pulling out the manual which came with the machine I just went to YouTube and I watched somebody else do it and I did it at the exact same time. So what I started doing with my VAs and everyone's going to love this is that let's say, for example, we'll, we'll, we'll pick a task of, um, uh, 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 publishing a blog post, for example. Right? So we've already written the blog post. We'll, we'll pretend that the text is already there. We've, we've pasted it into our WordPress box on our, on our, our draft page. Now, what do we got to do? Well, we've got to add an image in there, right? So it's visually pleasing. We've got to maybe um, add some bold, a little bit of italics, maybe for a call to action at the end of that blog post as well. We've got to make sure it's keywords. Uh, uh linked with you know a few hyperlinks and that sort of type of thing um maybe we're going to embed a video from the youtube channel as well so it's kind of multimedia and google loves that stuff nowadays right um and then lastly you know we might want to have some sort of a call to action in there for an opt-in magnet that we might be pushing at the time or or something to you know go and watch this video or download this ebook or whatever it is right all that stuff you know all that 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 kind of Laying out of that blog post probably take about 30 or 45 minutes. If, if you know, even if you've done it a whole bunch of time, like on average, well, here's the thing when you're doing it, just simply record your screen using something like Camtasia or Screenflow, a couple of software packages. I use Screenflow myself. And while you're doing it, have a microphone in front and say, This is why I'm bolding the last paragraph, or this is why I'm including the you know, the link here, or that call to action at this part of the post. A talk through the activity that you're actually doing. And then when you're done, export that and dump it into Dropbox for your VA to watch and to learn how to do that task. And then never do it again. And that is fundamentally how... I have trained pretty much every single VA that I've ever hired myself um, for the last decade, literally. So it's not hard to teach people. It's not hard to train people up. Um, You've just got to have a little bit of a process behind it. Um, And for me, that's been the way that I've done it. Like you never do that task again. And the good thing about having it in video format recorded and not doing it live, like walking somebody through it on, say, like a, you know, a, a Zoom call where you're sharing your screen or something. The really good thing about having it recorded and up in Dropbox is that if, for whatever reason, that VA decides to leave or you decide for them to leave, um, <laughs> then when the next one comes in to replace that person, you don't have to do it all over again. You just say, watch that video on how to lay out our blog posts. Watch yeah. that video on how I like my videos edited for YouTube. Watch that video, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. So, yeah, that's the way I would suggest that you bring people on board and get started with it. And over a period of time, you'll you'll just create this encyclopedia of training material that will you know be evergreen. And, and we still use videos now that were recorded eight years ago. Like that. I love it. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's gold. People are so excited right now uh, saying it's just brilliant. (laughs) I think they're pumped and motivated because I think people feel like it's going to cost them more time and more work and more effort to get things ready to hire somebody. And what you just laid out is the ability to do it all at once and then make it evergreen so that it's always there. I love it. Great strategy. And listen, here's, uh, here's the other
2: thing as well. When you bring somebody on board for the first time, and this is actually really key when you bring somebody on board for the first time, don't expect them, even if they've got the experience needed for the role, don't expect them to know how you like everything done your way, because even though they could probably do the task already, They don't know how you like it done, Uh, and we had we had a thing years ago with a client of ours that sent um, a request for his VA to put together a list of Miley Cyrus merchandise. This is how many years ago it was now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did have a hair back in Miley days Um, with with the whole Hannah Montana stuff, right? So for the (laughs) VA. It was a long time ago. I'm showing my age now. It was horrible. This was not part of the deal. I wasn't supposed to go this deep. Um, but <laughs> Hannah Montana merchandise for his for his um, you know daughter. So the VA thought, oh, it's Hannah Montana. I'm going to make the spreadsheet kind of pink and purple and kind of glitzy and glamoury. and you know there'll be like you know ten links and you know yada yada yada. So the when when the when the VA sent the work back, the client freaked out. Was like, you know, why isn't it green and blue? They are corporate colors. What's this pink and purple thing? She's using Times Roman. I'm an Arial font size 12 kind of guy. And and I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like she could do the task absolutely fine that she didn't know how he wanted it done. So don't assume Anything, and understand that you will need to spend a little bit of time bringing your 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 new employee on board properly. But here's the newsflash, man: you'd have to do that if they were right next to you in the same office. Yes, so it's no difference, really.
0: That's great. And if you're in Black Diamond Club and have attended our workshops, even for in-person training, you know, it's the same concept. Um, and so you could do the, a blend of these or one of the others is you could also take those videos and put them in a Sean Dills VA Facebook group. That's just me and Lacey and anybody. And then I could load those videos there. Dropbox probably a little safer though. Yeah. Because absolutely. probably will be around longer. longer Facebook, than Facebook could go away. So I want to also make super clear to everybody so that you're not like, well, this is a big theoretical discussion. Um, so, Chris, you and your lovely wife, Urs, you have a company that provides these services to to individuals. Yes?
2: Yes, correct. It's called Virtual Pathfinder
0: virtual staff finder go there virtual dot so you can visit the website while we talk about this so i wanted I, the reason why that's important is you mentioned earlier like you should find a general contractor because that's the next hurdle so let's suppose that for our viewers that now we're getting them convinced and i think that they're like okay so i can make these videos once and then potentially never have to do the task again this is great and then you said, but you shouldn't hire like 18 different people. Um, you should get a contractor. You should get the person that knows and has a team good of people. Yeah. And that will be a good fit. So tell me about that next process. Virtual Staff Finder, are, is that a contractor?
2: I mean, Virtual Staff Finder, for want of a better term, we're a recruitment hub is what we are. Hmm. So the way it works is busy entrepreneur, Virtual Staff Finder pay a recruitment fee, and we will find the VA for you. So you don't have to go through hundreds of you know resumes online. You don't have to post any job postings on all of those freelancer websites that are out there. Um, we will do initial interviews. We will do screenings. We will do police checks. We're in the Philippines, right? Like the company is there. It has a real facility there. Um, and, you know, we've been doing it for 10 years. We've hired over 8,500 VAs now over that period of time for our clients, literally all around the world. So it really, what it does, ultimately, it it, it fast tracks the recruiting um I guess, the recruiting task itself. Uh, but at the same time, because we've done it so many times, we've kind of got it down in regards to avoiding the bad apples um, and then obviously being able to kind of kick things off on on a good footing straight away. I mean, our success rate is right in the 90s in terms of people sticking and doing well and being there for a long, long time. So um, the, the big thing here, though, the way to look at it, Is that that's what we do? We're ultimately a matchmaker, right? Like you know, we're Match.com for stressed-out entrepreneurs. Um, But the big the big role that we hire for ninety-nine percent of the times at this particular moment, and that actually has been like that for a number of years, is what we call our GVA or a General VA, which is much like general contractor, but they can actually do some of the work themselves. Can't do all of it, but they can do some of it. And based on my personal experience of working with clients all around the world on this stuff, the GVA is the one VA that every particularly anyone doing business online in some fashion or another. This is the one role that everybody needs above and beyond everything else. They'll do things like manage your email, if you let them. We can get into that, by the way, but manage your email. They'll set up your email marketing and manage that for you. They'll handle your calendar for you. They'll take care of your travel arrangements and your hotel bookings when we can start doing it again. Um, they'll do uh, you know, things like managing a Dropbox and keeping that clean, managing a Google Drive for you. Um, they'll do taking down minutes of virtual meetings. We're doing more and more and more of them. How many times does it, I'll get, the, I'll get the notes for this meeting over to you, but now I've got to watch the video back again and go through all that. No, they can be on the call and they can do it all for you. Um, They can prepare slide decks for you for presentations. They can update all of these social media platforms and schedule posts out for weeks and weeks and weeks to come. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, customer service tickets online and all that sort of stuff that they can do for you. That's the GVA role, that general VA. And 90% of the time with our clients at Virtual Starfinder they're the people that we're hiring for people.
1: So I know that what a lot of people out there are thinking, because I have these conversations with them all the time, and they're, and they're probably thinking to themselves, well, that's going to cost me a ton of money. And I don't know if I'm correct in this, but I would imagine that having a virtual assistant is probably not as costly as having somebody right next to you, right? No, to come into your office and spend time with you. And people, I feel like, always associate it to what the perceived cost of an actual in-person office manager or assistant would look like. Can you kind of break through that barrier a little bit for us?
2: Yeah, look, look, and, and I should sort of I should preempt this by saying that you know you can hire people from all around the world. In fact, actually, this is one of the reasons why the remote hiring kind of revolution, right, is so attractive for people mm-hmm. because you're not confined to geographical constraints when it comes to finding the right people for the job. So to, to to really quantify it, if you want someone, for example, to write all of your emails for you, to write all of your blog content for you, to handle all of your um, you know your written correspondence and that sort of type of thing, that's probably better off. If I'm to be very honest, that's probably better off being kept closer to home with a native English speaker, right? And you know what it's like, like we'll drop kind of like you know slang terms and terms about it, that only somebody from say the UK or the United States or Canada or someone would get. That might fly over the heads of somebody, you know, who is not a native English speaker from that country. So there's certain things that you should keep closer to home, but certainly this general VA role that I'm talking about, that can be outsourced and delegated to pretty much anybody anywhere in the world. Now, Virtual Staff Finder, we work entirely with just Filipino VAs, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, the level of English is second to none. It's it's the third, I believe, largest geographically the third largest English speaking country on the planet um and not only that but they're all educated in English as well, so they read in great English, they write great English they speak great English, and that's you know really the number one defining factor right there for us entrepreneurs from you know, outside and around the world. The second reason why Filipino uh, VAs are so attractive to us business owners is because of the fact that the cost of living in the Philippines is so low compared to Western world. And now that doesn't mean that you can pay them peanuts and expect them to serve up, you know, a, a, a martini shake and not stirred for you, right? Like you get a, a glass of dishwater if that's what you want to do. But ultimately... <laughs> ultimately, you've got to, you know, you get what you pay for. So just like you would hire somebody locally and you know with you know ten years management experience, you'd have to pay for that. If you want somebody with three, four, five years of VA experience in the Philippines, you'll have to pay for that too. However, on average, it will be anything between a third to half what you would expect to pay somebody locally to do a similar role. So great English, great cost savings, um, and because they're virtual and because they're outside of the country, you don't have to worry about things like medical insurance. You don't have to worry about dental plans. You don't have to worry about you know physical office space or equipment and all that kind of stuff as well. So it really is a massive cost-saving benefit as well. Now, I will say, though, the whole kind of health benefits, you know, the health insurance and whatnot, you can still give you a virtual assistant in the Philippines, all that stuff, if you want but they don't expect it like they do in the Western world.
1: I I love that because I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are in a position where they need the help, but they quite can't like afford it for somebody here in the States. So it actually gives them massive opportunity to be able to do it to, you know, Spring load their business so they can make that next move and that next step of growth. So that's it's so wonderful.
0: So one of the things, Chris, that I say is for our for our members, mostly in the service professions, um, and a lot of them or most of them are working out of a brick and mortar place. But with technology today, I've always advocated that I think that their first hire should be a what I call I always say a personal assistant. That's what I tell mm-hmm. versus a receptionist. And so we're getting the question of, um, you know, the difference should this be. And so first of all, I want to clarify, that's why I asked Chris to come on. I think that this should actually be your first hire before just somebody that you're paying an hourly wage, a body that's sitting there and answering the phone. And, and you guys know my opinion on this, the phone is not nearly as important as you've been tricked into thinking it was because it's not 1980 anymore. Um,
2: <laughs> Hey, I'm not even joking. I was having lunch earlier today, my phone rang and I was like, What the heck is that?
1: (laughs) 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 Because it hasn't rung.
2: It (laughs) hasn't rung for about a week, I think, you know? Nobody does phone calls anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is that Hannah Montana calling? So <laughs> yes, yes we, we, we could
0: virtualize the personal assistant, um, you know, managing content, all those things that Chris already talked about. So since you've said that, let's dive into that. I want to give you the opportunity to talk to us about managing emails and managing calendars, giving that up and what that looks like in this setting.
2: Look, again, nothing's perfect straight away. Like you you must take that on board. If you expect, you know, to pop that magic pill and have everything work perfectly right out of the gate, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Plain simple. So you do have to, it's baby steps at first, right? So let's go to the calendar for you know, first of all, straight away, right? So with something like Google Calendar or iCal, if you're on you know, Mac or whatever the case may be, you can create a secondary calendar that you share. Just with your VA. So there might be certain bits and pieces on your normal calendar that you deem at this point, still in that relationship, as being somewhat either confidential or personal. Whatever the case may be, you don't have to, you know. You don't have to disclose that information to begin with if you don't want to, or you don't feel comfortable doing it. Baby steps. Secondary calendar, just for the work, for the VA, that need that the VA needs to know that they, maybe you need help with, or that you want them to, you know, you want to keep them up to date on your movements, whatever it is. So the calendar is actually a very easy one to delegate pretty much straight out of the gate, if that's what you know, you want to do, and I will say the personal assistant in the real world is very much like the the GVA in the virtual world, right? So th- they'll do pretty much everything that the personal assistant could, you know, do for you that might be sitting outside of your office, maybe except, you know, not making your cups of coffee. You know, l- literally, that's the only thing that they can't do for you. Pretty much everything else is is, for want of better term, the same in some way, shape, or form. So that's the calendar stuff, right? Now, email is a different animal because number one, we we are very, very, very tied to our inboxes. There's not a lot in today's society that we can do to get away from them. And that's that's actually not a bad thing because email is still your number one best way to build your online business in my book. It's not on Facebook, it's not on YouTube, it's not via a blog or via a podcast. You've got to get people out of all of those platforms. You don't own those platforms. You want to bring them back to your website and get them on your email list. Very, very important indeed, because otherwise what's happening is you're building your business on rented land. Zuckerberg owns Facebook. He owns your Facebook group. You don't own it. He just lets you use his website to run it. It's really that simple. Get people off the platforms, utilize them. Yes, but get them off the platforms into email. So again, much like the calendar, the way that I started working with my VA um, when it came to managing my uh, email was the first thing I did was I created a new email address that was private to me only and to only individuals that i gave that email address to so it was people like my wife maybe my doctor uh, possibly you know uh, top 5% clients that have access to me for one reason or another stuff that i would de- be deemed very very highly confidential for the most part right everything else that you- if you look at your inbox There's a whole bunch of spam that comes in. There's a whole bunch of outreach that comes in. But most importantly, if you look properly and you think back retrospectively, managing your inbox over the last 30, 60, 90 days or so, it's highly likely that you have been repeating similar types of tasks over and over and over again when it comes to the managing of your inbox itself. And that's the stuff that your VA can go ahead and manage for you and the way we do it and the way that my inbox chris at chrisducker.com the way that's managed actually is that we have a whole bunch of canned responses saved inside of gmail and we're updating them all the time deleting them adding to them all the time now this is not an impersonal thing as well i want to say like when people email you Is it bad for someone to reply on your behalf? No, it's not, as long as they know that it's not you. And the way that you can do it, and I I don't know whether anybody in your community has ever emailed me personally, but you can do so and find out. At the end (laughs) of the email, there's a little PS that says, sent on behalf of Chris Ducker by a Team Ducker rock star that's our sign off. Right. And so whenever you see that, you know, it's coming from my team, but not for me personally. And it's simple things like Chris, would you come on my podcast and talk about building a personal brand or managing a virtual team or whatever? Or, um, you know, maybe it's a speaking invitation or maybe, you know, the whole bunch of stuff that we get, we probably have like, I think there's got to be close to a hundred canned responses in there. And a lot of the questions that we're answering we're doing over and over and over again. Now, here's the really fun part, particularly of working with somebody on the other side of the world. By the time I wake up in the morning, I've only got about 25 to 30 emails that I need to get into. Now, that might still sound like a lot of emails, but I have a, a three-click rule that I can share with you if you're interested in a minute. But going back real quick to the reason I've only got two. 25 to 30. I average about two to 200 emails a day. But the reason why when I wake up and I, I I'm done with my creative work first. So anything creative, I get out of the way first and then I get into email around about 10, 10 30 in the morning. And the reason why I've got so few emails in there is because of the time difference. And Michelle, one of my VAs who manages my inbox for the most part, um, she'll be in there ahead of me time zone wise Clearing out all the junk, handling all the canned responses, deleting all the stuff, archiving all the stuff, forwarding the stuff on to different people and different parts of the company. So I know that when I sign in, I've only got 20, 25 or so messages. Boom, that's what I knock out. And I manage my email once in less than one hour every single day. So that's the beautiful thing about having somebody on another time zone. You are literally working while you're sleeping. It's great. I never get bored of it, ever.
0: I want to um, have you explain to us the process with Virtual Staff Finder. But before I do that, one a question that's popping up and getting it in a couple formats. Um, you had talked about taking the tasks that um, basically, even in the three buckets, is kind of tasks that I am doing. What about tasks that I don't know how to do? Let's say, for example, um, like even you gave the example of email marketing. So let's say that I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. But I actually don't know how to do it. Do I have to learn it first and then teach it to my VA? Or are there some VAs that come out of the box? They already know how to do ClickFunnels or MailChimp or, or these sorts of things.
2: Well, oh, there would be a few for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're not, they're not um, you know, they're not in 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 droves like ready and waiting to kind of work with you or anything don't get me wrong but there are certain people out there that will know how to use click funnels or they'll know how to use active campaign or convert kit or whatever you know yes there's a few people that are definitely out there they usually do come at a premium though i will say that they usually at a premium because of the fact that they've gone through all that training they've got all that experience and so on and so on
0: and then what about your recommendations as far as interactions with your clientele? So maybe not actually um, a part of like the onboarding staff, but how do you feel about having them field questions? Um, so not actually the consulting side of the work or doing the, the heavy lifting, but interacting. I mean, you had mentioned that as customer far as management. email, a customer, customer management. management. Is, is that something that can get done by a VA?
2: absolutely i mean you know it's something that you would have to train them on in terms of your style and how you want things done and and laid out and you know certain sops that they might have to follow in doing so but it's like anything else if you train somebody well enough in it they they'll, they'll be able to handle it very easily for you will somebody be able to do it right out the gate no you've got to spend some time onboarding them you don't have to be realistic about it
0: And so a couple of things one i think this is a perfect time though to do this because look whether we like it or not most of your businesses are slightly down in volume so you actually have the time to invest in this number two i want to reiterate chris earlier said we're talking about 30 to 50 percent less in price than doing this locally so it's also a, a great option i want to dive into so let's say that I'm ready. So I, I hope that we've gotten some people that are they're ready to go. Um, we go to virtualstafffinder.com. What is the process? Because that, that I think now that's the unknown. That's the scary part. I go to you. What, what happens?
2: Well, I mean, they can go to virtualstafffinder.com. The entire how it works page on there will lay it out very easily for everyone to understand. But ultimately, it comes down to signing up for the service kicking off with your job description document. So it's a basically a list of everything that you want out of your VA and how you want them to work, what you expect to pay them, and so on and so on and so on. That will go back to the VSF team. They'll go back and forth with you on that to perfect it as much as possible. Then the next step is for them to start sourcing. From there, they'll go ahead and start doing any initial interviews, background checks, et cetera, et cetera. And from then, obviously, it comes down to giving you the three top candidates that we believe are going to be right for you. And then you can go ahead and fundamentally interview them, usually via Skype, uh, and ultimately hire the one you like the most.
1: I love it. It's so streamlined and so simple. And more importantly, like if you're out there and you're listening, I know because Sean and I talk to you guys all the time, there are some serious time vampires in your life that are sucking your productivity, that are sucking your efficiency, and that you can literally be paying somebody to do for you so you can get out there and get more clients, which is where you make your money anyway. So or do
0: things you like to do. So if we can get a well, fish- You service your clients, and then you're going home and doing something. You might be able to free up time to spend with family or with loved ones. It's not—it's not just about work either. That you—that's how you're able to enjoy life because somebody in a different time zone is working while you're sleeping and you're being productive while you're
1: with your kids. They say money can't buy happiness. It can when you are not doing, having to do the things that you hate doing. So absolutely. Yeah.
2: And, you know, the the big thing for me as well, as I've gotten older, potentially uh, over the last 10 years, I've wanted to spend more time, not only with my kids, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I have genuinely wanted to spend more time on me as well, like on my self-development, on my, uh, you know, ongoing learning and development, on my legacy and my impact as well. And it's okay to be a little selfish from time to time when it comes to that. As long as you're, you know, the people around you are cool with that and they get it and you communicate about it, it's a little bit of selfishness is not a bad thing. And I mean, you know, we set up our businesses, right, to have that freedom. We didn't set up our businesses just to have another bloody job. That's for sure. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't need another hobby either particularly one that doesn't make me any money right so i think it's it's important to it's important to get that it's important to understand that as well you know
0: so we have a couple of things you came bearing gifts today Ah, as usual we always say this we say this in every interview um there's 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 people who have like this thing that's free that they come on and they're like, hey, I'm giving you the free thing. And they're like, but it was always free. And then we have the Black Diamond Club interviewers and we, we, we know that they always come with massive value, which is why they're so successful, by the way. So you have one, just a, a free guide for anybody. And then you have a special offer if anybody wants to engage in VSF.
2: Yeah, look, I, I think the big thing here is that a lot of people um, have problems getting to understand exactly what, they can start delegating. Like That's always one of the biggest questions that we have. What exactly can my VAs do for me? What exactly can I start delegating to them? So a few years ago, we put together a document which lists 101 tasks that you can delegate to your VA. Uh, and Sean, dude, I'll send it on to you as soon as we're done here on the call and you can go ahead and post it up in the Facebook group for everybody to download directly from inside of the group. Um, please don't share this willy nilly. There's the word of the day right there. willy nilly. <laughs> um, this is my other gift to you today is that, is that particular term? Um, and so, um, Yeah, so I'll share that for you. 101 tasks using Delegate. And then if if anybody is interested and they do jump on board and utilize Virtual Starfinder to find their VA... Um, Then all they need to do is just, you know, reach out to me. You can do it on Insta at Chris Ducker, or you can just send me an email, Chris at ChrisDucker.com. Let me know that you've signed up. Let me know the name and the email address that you use to sign up for the service. And I'll make sure that the team sends you a bonus pack full of tons of different templates and contracts and task templates and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces as well. Um, And uh, yeah, man, you know, you can you can, you know, really fast track everything. And really this, this for me has been the biggest springboard over and over and over again, working with our clients is that I've seen, this is a massive springboard for people that can Mm -hmm. genuinely create more time in their lives, in their business, in their personal lives as well. And really genuinely in order some freedom to come into their lives. And I don't know about you, but You know, the whole work-life balance thing is a tough one to handle. Like, it's a tough one to figure out. I'm still not there yet, genuinely. Um, But I think that the more time we have, the more likely that it is that good things can come out of it, both for ourselves from from an entrepreneurial perspective, but also for the people that we love around us as well.